Welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. I'm Michelle. And we're we're kind of picking up where we left off last week mm-hmm. when we talked about Sister Act, because this week we're talking about Sister Act 2. Woohoo sequel! <laughs> uh, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Was made in- to give it its, its full proper name. It, proper name. It was made in 1993, so just one year later. Uh, it stars Whoopi Goldberg, Kathy and Jimmy, Maggie Smith, Mary Wicks, Wendy McKenna, uh, and then we have some newcomers, uh, Bernard Hughes, uh, James Coburn, Michael Jeter. I love Michael Jeter in I this. I do, too. I've, I've, I've loved Michael Jeter. Like, I loved him most of my life. I was very sad when he died. <laughs> Lauren Hill, Brad Sullivan, uh, Ryan Toby, and she doesn't have many lines, but Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> yes. Uh, this was re- uh, was directed by Bill Duke, mm-hmm. who uh, also directed... He didn't direct much that I've ever heard of, anything mm-hmm. I've ever heard of. Uh, his most recent movie was called Created Equal, and it was with Aaron Tevitt. Okay. Which is why I chose to include it, because mm-hmm. Aaron Tevitt. Uh, this was written by James Orr, who also wrote Three Men and a Baby. Oh, remember right. Uh, and then... And Man of the House with John Cena Thomas and Chevy Chase. <laughs> um, I used to love that movie. I started to rewatch it recently and I was like, I'm really terrified this is not going to hold up. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> probably. Um, his, his writing partner is Jim uh, Crookshank, I think. I'm probably saying that wrong, but uh, that is his writing partner. They've written all the same things. And then also Judy Ann Mason. Judy Ann Mason has written for a number of different television series. Uh, most importantly to the two of us... She wrote four episodes of A Different World in season four. She wrote the Wayne Christmas episode. <gasps> really? Uh-huh. Oh. The episode where, where Whitley yep. gets, oh uh, my God. gets mugged. Yeah. Yeah. She wrote that episode. She, she wrote three other episodes in that season and that's it. Yeah. Um, but oh. still, I can feel that essence yeah. in this movie. Yes. As, as we start talking about it. Because like A Different World is something we're going to cover at yes. one point on this show. Because it's a show that we both just adamantly love. Yes. But, but yeah, like the fact that she wrote for a different world, like I was like, I know she has other things on her list that I should talk about, but she wrote for a different world. Mm-hmm. What episodes does she write? <gasps> she wrote the Wayne Christmas episode mm-hmm. of Tokia. But um, this has an IMDb rating of 5.7 out of 10. Criminal. Would you like to know what the Rotten Tomatoes rating is? I'm terrified. 19%. Fuck you. One of the I scream to the universe. <laughs> I read some of the reviews just for funsies on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so most of them are like, you know, this doesn't capture the magic of the original. Uh, this this is kind of a thrown together mess. That is fair, and we'll get into it. We'll talk about it. It. I love this movie possibly more than Sister Act, and it is a thrown together mess. <laughs> um, and one of the ones I liked. Was like this person who reviewed it. They were like, I didn't really get Sister Act. I never really understood the magic. So this is like a magical movie because I love this movie and I didn't like Sister Act. And then, and like, so it was like, so like that was kind of the, the, the vibe altogether is that it's, it's kind of thrown together, which is kind of fair. As, as we talk about it, plot wise, it is all over the place and there could have been some better. How do I say this? This works better as almost a pilot than it does as a movie. Because, like, we don't get the problems with, with Rita and her mama until, like, halfway through the movie or, or later, 
We don't get like there's just a lot of like mini arcs to put it in, like to, like it, I still love yeah. it. Don't be wrong. I still love this movie and I stand by this movie. And I say I like <laughs> I would argue that that's because the first half of the movie is Dolores's story and the You're second right. half of the movie is about the kids. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. There's just and there's some certain weird editing choices made in this movie like certain scenes are in weird spots for me i'm gonna fight some people it's just me this is me talking so we can fight but there's a couple of scenes that i think are put in in the wrong order i'll put it that way um specifically when uh father maurice is talking to uh crisp no to uh um so mother superior and he's like she had a, a pep rally the pep rally happens later yeah and I'm like, oh, so they flipped. Like, I, I think they flipped that. Like, that's the way I felt as I was watching it. Is like, mm-hmm. they, he had this conversation, like, earlier than he should have. And I think Crisp should be made more villainous. More obviously villainous. Yeah. They don't They don't get... Because, I mean, I, okay, technically... To be fair, though... It's James Coburn. It's James Coburn. <laughs> he doesn't need to be more villainous because it's James Coburn. We don't... I, like, I understand the nefariousness of Mr. Crisp. But that's, I think, something I've put on it over the years. Because when you actually watch it, all he did was come into a failing school and say, this school isn't valuable and should be shut down. And I'd like to early retire, please. And in response, he got an even more difficult job. (laughs) Because he crossed Maggie Smith. (laughs) And... I'm just saying, he didn't actually do anything nefarious. I just always think of him as nefarious in this movie because... And, because it's James Coburn. Well, that too. <laughs> um, he doesn't... The way he doesn't remember... It's A lot of it is like subtle gestures. Yeah. And I appreciate that. But like, also, it's not in the script anywhere. But he... Like, I just always took it as he just is the closer. He comes into failing yeah. places and closes them without doing any actual work. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I always think about it. And yeah. then as I was watching this, I realized that's never anywhere in this movie. That is all in my brain. All in my brain. I, But I still love this movie 100% and, and I, I I love it. But anyway, yeah. you should probably get the synopsis. I should. the If you haven't seen it and or you're listening to this episode without having heard the first one, I don't know what you're doing here. Um, <laughs> but the brief synopsis of... Sister Act 2 is showgirl Dolores Van Cartier returns Sister Mary Clarence to teach music to a group of Catholic students whose rundown school is slated for closure. Mm-hmm. And it as it's actually the school from the beginning of the of yes. Sister Act, St. Francis it's, Academy. It's the school that she went to when she was a kid. Um. <laughs> and I, I have to say, like, I always enjoyed this movie more. Mm-hmm. Be- and I, I will say, it now, like, re-watching them, like, as an adult and kind of you know, looking at them through, through this lens, through, through this, through the lens of, you know, what we do for this podcast, I appreciate them on like a more equal footing. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I vastly preferred this one Yep. because it was about kids. Well, there's that. And I it, think there's more music in this one. There's yeah. Um, I think it, I had the soundtrack to this one. I did not have the soundtrack to the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I genuinely love this. I don't too. know that there's more music in this one. I think it's more varied music. And Maybe also, that. and also, okay. I think I know what it is. It's not that there's more varied music. It's the fact that this movie overutilizes medleys. It does. That is accurate. <laughs> there, yeah. 
That is very accurate. It does some mashups and some medleys. So many medleys. But I'm okay with that. I mean, I am too. Like, it's <laughs> fine. But yeah, I was like, I, I just think, I think that's what it is. Like, it seems like there's more music in this because it opens with a medley. It yeah. ends with a medley. Yep. You know? Um, I but, love the opening of this movie. Like, uh-huh. it is, it lives in my head. Yeah. Well, the, um, the thing, like, the other thing, like, this movie, I that I just always appreciate is like also just being a child of the nineties and this movie had Lauren Hill in it and Lauren and you told me recently that that meant almost nothing to you. My sister, my sister was, I know for the same thing. Like I know Lauren Hill. I'm like, went on, you know, she was a member of the Fugees who did the cover of Roberta Flax killed me softly with his song. That was my fucking jam when, like, in, think, like when I was a kid, and then like, and then the fact that her album, like, "The Miseducation of Lauren Hill," is like one of the most like influential like al- like albums of all time. Yeah. Like, she is also one of the like like one of the top Grammy award winning female rappers. To to be fair, I think what I like the reason it came uh-huh. up. I said none of these kids ever did anything because it never like I've heard the name Lauren Hill a hundred times. Yes. But my brain never connected mm-hmm. the person in this movie mm-hmm. with with that person. Like mm-hmm. it just never they never connected. Yeah. I think that's probably more. I, yeah. The issue is that I never connected Rita is Lauren Hill like that. I right. Did, I, did, I, was I mean, a kid. I didn't know. Yeah. Names no, she she is just. Like you said, she's just one of the most like influential like artists. I mean, this this woman kind of helped like John Legend get discovered. Yeah. Like because, like she worked with him like before anybody knew who he was. Yeah. I I mean, her like fingerprints are all over like an entire like yeah. genre of music and like, you know, there are plenty of people you know, like Beyonce, Christina Aguilera, Pink, like so many people have said, mm-hmm. like if it wasn't for Lauren Hill, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, and and like I said, to be fair, I have heard all those things. Yes, my brain just never connected mm-hmm. the two for some reason. Yeah, like just never because people in movies can't be people in real life, I guess. Because as a child, <laughs> that was just the way it was. Like it's embarrassing how long it took me to realize Howard Keel was the same person in the movie Calamity Jane as it was Seven Brothers Seven Brothers. Like. Wow. It took me this is the the worst part. It took me seeing Taming of the Shrew to watch him put on the goatee to be on the play to go, wait, those are the same people. Honey. I know. My brain just could not connect like listening to them it, it's it's completely obvious. And yeah. as like that, but like my brain didn't make that connection for a really long time because like he's just they're totally different characters. And so my brain was yeah. just they're not totally different characters either, but they're totally different characters. <laughs> they look different, Kia. They look different. Th- there's something about like, I don't know. My brain just couldn't connect them. And now I'm like, I was in love with Howard Keel as a child and was unaware of it. But, but yeah, like my brain just didn't connect it yeah. until I was much older, almost embarrassingly older. <laughs> so, you so yeah. 25. No, I wasn't. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I was like maybe 16, 17 right. before I put it to maybe even I may have been in college, maybe maybe 18, <laughs> but it's like in that, that like it was embarrassing. I should have known better. It just, it took seeing mm-hmm. him transform on screen for me to go wait, Yeah. What? Well, 
And also, like, so, we yeah. mentioned... We, I just don't connect yeah. things. But also mentioning, you know, like, uh, Barnard Hughes yes. and, and Michael Jeter. I'm like, I loved both of them forever. I'm like, because right Michael now... Michael Jeter is a freaking, like... I don't even know how to explain him in this movie. <laughs> he is just a ball of cocaine. Like... <laughs> there's so much energy and like to be fair i'm like that's kind of like the energy that he carried to a lot of his characters and he father ignatius i because like right now at this exact moment i could not tell you what the show was about i just remember like in the late 80s early 90s like whenever it came on like he was on a sitcom called evening shade and we watched it was appointment viewing like we watched it and i just remember like loving him so much on that show and just like everything that he was in like i always adored him mm-hmm. and, and like and with barnard hughes like he did like i know there's another one like in the middle that i'm forgetting but one of my favorite movies of all time which i've not watched in probably a decade so i'm kind of terrified to re-watch it in case it doesn't hold up is Doc Hollywood with <laughs> with, with michael yeah. j fox i watched i mainlined that movie yep because it was on like repeat during the summers and I watched it every goddamn time it came on. It was on. on Sunday morning. I don't know how many yeah. times where I went to he, church. Like. Yeah. Cause he, you know, he played Doc Hogue, yeah. which I loved so much, but also he's the grandfather in Lost Boys, mm-hmm. which is the campiest and greatest vampire movie <laughs> of all time. <laughs> I mean, you, it's, it's the Corys, it's Jason Patrick, it's Kiefer Sutherland, <laughs> it's, um oh my god what's what's who pl- the guy he played the grandpa on gilmore girls what was his name oh why did richard no richard's name on gilmore girls um oh why would you ask me this because i know i don't this. know he's the dad on richie rich yeah um oh good lord good lord now i have to look because but anyway gonna, like he's he's in it like i there like i fucking love it and bernard he's played the grandpa in that movie and just it's so great because like you th- it's it's he gives like the best line in the whole fucking movie of like you think like okay like oh these vampires have, have come to town like this is a re- this is a recent development and then like there's this whole like fucking vampire slaughter like he's been like out of the house all night comes home and there's just vampire bodies like everywhere and he's just like god damn vampires like the fact that like this is obvious <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's known about it the entire t- it's my favorite fucking thing and so yeah barnard he like i like and this movie like i just i love him so much edward herman edward, <laughs> that's what i was thinking but i always like i get confused because the guy who played because this is why i get confused because they did like a Munster's reboot and Edward Herman played Herman Munster. Yeah. And so my brain thinks like, wait, no, Edward Herman is the name of the guy who originally played Herman Munster because that's the guy who played the judge in, um, in my cousin Vinny. Anyway, uh, Brad Sullivan in this, I don't know. I don't know if anything else. I'll be a hundred percent honest with you, but he is the other father. The, the other. <laughs> and uh, wait, he, oh, not not, wo- not bratwurst not wolfgang no, but no, no. uh father thomas father thomas i the, like the one like borderline psychotic yes. <laughs> i love him he he teaches like teachers i had at school but at the same i've time, seen him in one other movie oh, and man. right now i could not tell you what it is 
but it's a movie where like it's it's a movie with Daniel Stern where Daniel Stern is like an outlaw like he's a fugitive like on the run it's a whole like mistaken uh-huh. identity kind of thing and he ends up like running into this like group of kids like this group of scouts that like they're waiting for their new scout master and so he's just like oh yeah yeah huh yeah yeah that's me and like because they're gonna be like fucking off to the wilderness for like three days he's like oh yeah this will be like a perfect way for me to hide out or whatever the guy who plays father thomas (laughs) is kind of like the bounty hunter or the cop or whatever (laughs) that is after daniel stern and there's a moment in that movie like i don't remember anything else but there's a moment in that movie where something happens and the kids, you know, like they need a way to like contact people and nothing, you know, like it's not, you know, like they're, they're in the remote wilderness and like, and everything. And so the only way for them to, the only way for them to get like this rescue that they need, you know, because like they're scouts. So they have all this information like at their hands for surviving in the wilderness. So they create a fire so they can make smoke signals and and I just remember this guy who's playing Father Thomas. He's like standing somewhere and he looks and he's, you know, seeing these puffs of smoke like coming up off of this ridge or whatever. And he's like, I think somebody's in trouble. He's like, how do you know? Oh, well, you know, this, you know, however, like, you know, these smoke signal letters or whatever. It's like, so, yeah, somebody's, it's like, well, what does it say? Uh, belp, belp. <laughs> it's because like the kids are misspelling the H. With the smoke signals and like I don't know why that is the thing That's like so when it, whenever I think of this actor that is the first thing that pops into my head is belp belp it's so dumb but this is one of those nineties movies that was just on all the time and I watched it at the end of the movie toward the end of the movie he has the greatest line yes he does it's my favorite bit of I, I honestly think he and Sister Mary Lazarus are like untapped treasures of this movie yes and now the sad thing in this movie is we don't get as much maggie smith we don't because her arc is kind of done like we don't need as much maggie smith this whole the whole movie is being done as a as a favor to mother superior yes so that's the only like sad part in this movie is that there's not as much sass between dolores and mother superior Uh, yes but man i love this movie a lot i do too I just and Jennifer Love Hewitt because we're not going to single her out as we're talking about the movie for damn no. sure. All she she's like Frank K's girlfriend, mm-hmm. and she's always got makeup on. She, yeah, she's, she's Ms. always doing she's, her makeup. Yeah, she's Miss Pris. Yeah, but I just love her. Like I'm just like she's even before I knew Jennifer Love Hewitt, I was like, oh poor thing. Yeah, like she's she's just always she's one of the kids that's just always in the classroom. But yeah. like she has a couple of lines, I think. I oh, like, oh yeah, the, it's the, the one that that's the, the, the mascara. Like, yeah, no, no, no. Well, no, it's the one Sister Mary Patrick's like, they're here to hear your voice, not, not like your hiney. Like, oh, yeah. Like, this well, isn't form-fitting enough. Like, yeah. it's just hilarious. Yeah. My bad. I oh, get, it's fine. I get the, the mascara yeah, and, and that confused. Yeah. It's cause, well, the name's Maria and Margaret, so I mean, yeah. it makes sense. But also, the like, having, I mean, this movie already has, you have four characters named Mary. Mm-hmm. I, well, technically three, but one goes by Mary Clarence. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the fact that there, we have four characters named Mary and then we have a Maria and a Margaret. I'm like, what the fuck were you people thinking? I but, really want to know. Um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, um, th- yeah, there's, there's some great just like character actor work in this movie. Oh, yeah. There really, really the, is. This is just such a fun movie that like 
I, I defy you to watch this movie and not smile at least once. I this movie is also like painfully nineties. Oh yes. Oh yes. Like I thought it a couple of times while I was watching the film. I was like, man, this is very nineties. You know, kind of like with like the graffiti style and you know, just yeah. some of those things or whatever. And then the moment during the performance when, you know, we're kind of getting these little like breakaways and uh-huh. stuff like that, the four or five girls or whatever, the outfits in that, I was like, it just hit me like a fucking baseball bat to the face. The I was like, the entire Oof. movie, the entire movie's outfits mm-hmm. are like that. <laughs> like, so so much the the color Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with it it's just very 90s yeah very stylized to the 90s for sure i like see like i don't know what it was it was seeing like the clothes like the outfits that they're because for the most part when they're in the school they're in their catholic school uniforms i don't think about it as much until the end of the movie when you know they're all in their street clothes or whatever and yeah. like just seeing like all of those girls like lined up like or kind of in that semicircle or whatever in that one moment like i said baseball bat to the face because i was like oh god damn that's some like early like tlc outfits yep like <laughs> yep, for sure <laughs> like immediately like i had like a tlc music video pop into my head um, um but the movie opens in vegas Yes, it does. Because Dolores Van Cartier is now a headliner <laughs> with her own show in Vegas. It's the last night, closing night of her Dolores show. Dolores Van Cartier and her sister act. And Sister Mary Lazarus, Sister Mary Patrick, Sister Mary Roberts, Robert, Robert, show up and and like get seats in the audience. And then we get a perfor- we get the performance of maybe the closing number of the act, the opening of the act, something. Mm-hmm. And it is basically like here's the here was the first movie guys mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a catch-up on dolores's life story yeah i was like done it, with, a mo- goes, with a medley yeah because we get like it's mostly you know like a like a motown medley of like you know hey mr postman and you know all that kind of stuff hustle hustle um although i could be wrong but wasn't one of her backup dancers one of her backup dancers from the yes first movie? yeah yeah it, because we, yeah. she gives someone a look when they get step in the wrong place yeah it's one of my like yeah Je- jennifer is, lewis is back as one of the backup dancers. yeah and it's yeah. one of my favorite like bits like I, just yeah. that, that is a continuation. She she went back I, and got her girl. Like yeah, like they are still buddies. Yeah, she still has her. And like the in thing, the, act. the thing about like Jennifer Lewis is like I would not like Jennifer Lewis has always like struck fear and terror into my heart because I was like, oh yeah, like she could kill me with a napkin. Like there's just. <laughs> just no like that I, moment just like that split second moment yeah where she gives someone a look for out for stepping out of the choreography mm-hmm. wrong it immediately yeah. flashes you back to if you saw sister act mm-hmm. but yeah so we get her her he pulled this great big shotgun i, I do think using uh itsy bitsy teeny mini yellow polka dot bikini and flipping it so that it's a man is one of my like as a teenager one of my oh favorite my god gags. these are like the most roided up like american oh, yeah. gladiator dudes. oh yeah and, and I, I, I forgot, I forgot. It's like, oh my God, I forgot that was an aesthetic of the nineties. Oh my God. I just appreciate the like gold the gym nonsense. Flipping yeah. Flipping it from scantily mm-hmm. clad women to scantily clad men. I, I love that flip. It's fun for me. Cause you got like the postman and the, the like digging into his the dance. Yep. <laughs> like digging into his letter pouch, his, his, his mail carrier. And yeah. Yeah. It, it makes me laugh uh-huh. every time because like, it's just, 
I, yeah, funny. I was like, if there is anybody in this world who is going to flip the gender stereotype yep. on something, especially in the early 90s, it was going to be Whoopi Goldberg. Absolutely. And so we get through the whole thing, and then until she had nowhere to run, nowhere to run to, baby, nowhere to hide, until, and, and they all crowd around her, and she comes out, and she is in a sparkly habit. She is in a sequined habit, yeah. And without the head, without the headpiece, just the, yeah. the, the dress part, you know what I'm trying to say. But and as she's she's also being taken up into the clouds on wires and they, they're kind of pushing her over the audience and she sees her, her the friends. Yeah. And so she's like, get up here. Come on. So she gets them to come up on stage as they're singing. Mm-hmm. We are family. I got all my sisters with me. Yeah. Um, and it's the last night of the show. So they pull a prank on her because that's, that's what happens. And she gets like just. I mean, ripped across that stage back and forth on wires. And she is mad. Yeah. But also laughing. <laughs> like, because, I mean, compared to where she started in the first movie, it's such a nice, mm-hmm. like, way to start this movie yeah. is her. She is now super successful. Mm-hmm. She takes the, the nuns up to her suite. She has a manager mm-hmm. who's, I know God represents you, but can he get you your own dressing room? And she's just like, shut up. Yeah. I like they have this like weird like joke moment where the the nuns are like, okay, down to business. And he's like, oh, business has to come through me. And she's like, uh uh, talking to my friends. Yeah. And they have this like two second like speaking over each other fight Mm -hmm. that just feels so real. And then he all of a sudden like realizes a look in her eye and apologizes and backs the hell off. Mm -hmm. And she's like, thank you. But she's so much more polite than she was when she like when she Mm -hmm. was in. Like, it's just, it's, it's it's a nice, like, holdover. Like, part mm-hmm. of Mary Clarence did change her. Like, being Mary Clarence changed her, and not just making her a headlining act. It changed her as a person. Mm-hmm. And I love that that's, like, just, like, kind of a through line, that she's, like, a kinder person now. But the girls tell her that Mother Superior sent us, and, and you know, she needs you. She's kind of desperate. It's health-wise, she's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's fine. She's just a little desperate. So... Dolores has some has well, some free time. Well, yeah, well, because what it is, you know, they're because before, you know, they um get into like why they're yeah. there. They they explain that you know, oh yeah, we've been yeah. reassigned, and so now we're teaching at you know St. Francis Academy, and in like, oh yeah, it's that's the one that you know Dolores went to when oof, she it was oof. yeah <laughs> when she was a child, and um and so. Uh, you know, the the Marys start talking about how just, like, you know, the children are heathens. Like, they're just completely out they're of control. They're very difficult. They're, Mary, yeah. Patrick, Mary Patrick frowned twice. Yeah. And Mary Patrick frowned <laughs> twice last week. Immediately, Dolores is like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, so and Dolores yeah. has some free time in her schedule. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she'd also do anything for the nuns. Mm-hmm. So they throw her in the van. <laughs> or mm-hmm. well, she follows them. Yeah. But she follows them back. She's in her convertible. Back to the school. Mm-hmm. And she goes in and meets with Mother Superior. And there's a big hug and, mm-hmm. and happiness. And then Mother Superior basically bullies her into, <laughs> into coming and working at the school. Oh, no, no. She uses, like... The guilt. She uses, like, we, once again, wields the Catholic guilt like a club. Because, because Mother Superior is Because Mother Superior, she wants Dolores to help them by becoming the school's music teacher. And school's not doing well. Be, yeah, and because you know, and and Dolores tells her, "It's like I'm, you know, I'm I'm not cut out to be a teacher." And Mother Superior tells her, "You weren't cut out to be a nun either." But look what you did with Saint Catherine's. You brought a new spirit into the convent and into the community. You were infectious. You could be infectious here. 
and um you know and mother superior tells her you know the um you know that they're struggling and like they you know to like to work in the community and like because the community is just tired and despairing and you know they're they're desperate they need dolores and you know and that's like dolores is um she's like i you know i'm i'm a lounge singer and mother superior tells her like you are the perfect example of like being able to turn a sow's ear into a silk purse that look i will be i know and you know, and Dolores, you know, Dolores is like, but you know, like my my yeah, like you know, my my career is taking off, and you know, she says she wants to enjoy her success, and this is where you know, Mother Superior very gently reminds her that she wouldn't have that success if it weren't for you know the sisters, and it weren't for certain someone's yeah yeah if it weren't if it weren't nameless. for certain someone's, and I love like Dolores is like, so you're gonna be like that with the guilt guilt. I would never use guilt. I'm a nun. I'm just the fact that Maggie Smith can deliver that line with a straight face is like a testament to her craft. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's so funny. And so Dolores like, okay, fine. I'll help. Yeah. And, and, and as she's walking out the door after getting Dolores to agree, she's like, Oh, the sisters will help you change. And, and she's like, like the, the, yeah. the fall of Dolores' face of what? Because she has to go back undercover as Mary Clarence. Because as mm-hmm. Mary Lazarus and Mary and Sister Mary Patrick explained to her, these fathers that work here They're they're very strict. They're very strict and they're very like traditional. If they were to find out you were neither a teacher nor a nun, well it wouldn't they be would, good. They would kick you out, yeah. It wouldn't be good. And um Yeah so, as <laughs> So Dolores goes undercover. Yeah. Like, I think. I, I, and this is something that I thought, like, while I was taking notes on the movie was like, as much as I love the fathers and again, just the feral, like psychotic energy that fathers Ignatius and Thomas bring to the table. (laughs) There's a part of me that feels like, I think like it almost feels like like the that's part of like why the balance is off. Oh yeah, absolutely. Is like they're telling two different movies. Yeah. And and that's the that's probably the biggest flaw. There's just too much char- too many characters for I, yeah. for this movie to really get what these characters are. Now, mm-hmm. Thomas and Ignatius and Father Wolfgang are are characters. Okay. Like that's what they are. You you said you didn't read the trivia for the yeah first I didn't movie. I didn't. There wasn't there really was hardly any trivia like yeah like worthwhile for this movie, um, except for the one thing that cracked me up was the guy who played Father Wolfgang. What he was like a German like TV presenter, and his part in the movie is due to the fact that Whoopi Goldberg lost a bet when she was on his talk show. That's hilarious. Yes. Considering his his sausage comes very... That sounds dirty. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. That sounds, sounds dirty. His part in the movie becomes very important. Like, it, it does provide a... It, but that, that's that's not a sausage that's like some sort of dessert bread. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but I, he only knows how to make bratwurst is the joke he's yeah the the chef at the school and can only make can only make german sausages it's very mm-hmm. funny but um so she she meets everyone and they're but they're so excited to show her her new room because they've they've, they've done something special did you guys get a bidet a bidet? what mm-hmm 
nothing, nothing. What'd you? And they open the door and it is still just like a dank, miserable cell with the exception of there are some nice curtains in the window. Yeah, we got you curtains. And she just, oh, like, mm-hmm. you guys, come on. But it, it's, she's one, yeah. she meets everybody at dinner and, and we have, we have that moment where she meets Mr. Crisp. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, the fathers and, and Mr. Crisp, like they, they introduce Mr. Crisp themselves. works for the archdiocese. Yeah. He's there to supposedly get the school on track. Mm-hmm. Um, and we meet Father Maurice, who is the um, principal of the school. And Father mm-hmm. Maurice is a, he's a really sweet old man. Like he mm-hmm. just, he genuinely cares. It just doesn't yeah. come through until kind of later in the film. I think that's one, like one reason, like I love the character of Father Maurice so much uh-huh. is because like seeing like Barnard Hughes, like the two things that I prominently know him from of Doc Hollywood and the Lost Boys. He played, he's, he, both of those movies, he plays a really like ornery asshole. Curmudgeon. Yeah, curmudgeon's a good word for it, yeah. too, but, like, also ornery. Yeah. And so the fact that he is just so, like, sweet and adorable in this movie. He is. I love it if so much. If they weren't priest and nun, I'd be shipping him and Maggie Smith. But they're priest and nun. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what you do behind closed doors is your business. But and, like, they're besties. Not. Yeah, they are so close. Like, their friendship is yeah. so good in this movie. But, um, but yeah, so she gets a little lost going to her classroom. Mm-hmm. Father Ignatius. Oh, I, well, I love the... <laughs> She's passing through well, everybody's uh, Well, before, before we get to that, like, we see her. I love, we, and it's just such a little, like, tiny little throwaway moment. But you see, seeing her, like, slide down the banister, mm-hmm. which you know she had to have done a million times when she was there as a kid. Because she got, has this grin on her face. Yeah, and seeing then, her do and, that. Yeah, and then, and then Father, Father Maurice, Maurice calls her in. Because he to wants give to. her his advice. His, his vast knowledge. His theories of education. Yeah. And it just boils down to discipline. Okay, I think I have absorbed as much information from you as I possibly can. Thank you yeah, so then, much. Then we she it, wants she's trying to find it. We see that like we see Sister Mary Patrick is teaching sex education, which is hilarious. Yeah, um, she's like I can't answer any questions. Just you have to bite the donut to know the sweet A line that has stayed with my life. Like it's so funny. Yeah. Um, and then she passes like Father Thomas. I call to call to calling that. Like he's just doing all of the different iterations of, of oh, yeah words. Latin yeah. And then fi- finally Father Ignatius <laughs> is is there. And even Mary Lazarus, by the way, is trying to teach. Like she's trying. Mm-hmm. Father Ignatius, like you look a little lost. Let me help you find the music class. And mm-hmm. and uh, it's supposed to be music class. Somebody's rubbed off the C and the L. Uh huh. And she goes in, Mary Pat, or that's where Mary uh, Lazarus is. She's mm-hmm. trying to corral the hoodlums, and the hoodlums will not be corralled. Congratulations, you're the new mayor of Sodom and Gomorrah. And because she, she can't even get their attention to introduce her. Yeah, I know. So Mary Claire stands there for a second as yo mama jokes are being spun around the room. Which the 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 girl who throws out the the joke about like you know your mom is so fat like she sat on a rainbow and, and skittles popped out. Skittles popped out. That was Whoopi Goldberg's daughter Alexandra. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. But so Whoopi kind of has like this, or not Whoopi, Dolores has this moment of like panic and walks back out the door and faces Father Ignatius and Mary Lazarus who were waiting, like watching to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And and he begins like, Father Ignatius is like, keep the faith, sister. It's okay. Keep the faith. Like, I love, I yeah. love him so much. And she finally, she's like, and he's, I forget exactly what he says, but it give oh, but something about a nail. I think. I don't remember. Anyway, he says something and it, she goes, oh, uh, 
that's what he says something and mary lazarus says and you better be tough as nails too oh yeah and she goes yeah and she turns around and walks back to the door this time with some swagger because mm-hmm. dolores has swagger for days yes and i mute the movie <laughs> because she does her fingers on the chalkboard and my i can't i just can't even though it's not really what it is i can't D- despite the fact that i have like sound sensitivity and it triggers my anxiety a lot um weirdly nails on a chalkboard did not affect me it, it i hate it i hate sound i hate it so much so i mute it for two seconds while she does that but everyone like you know screams of course as you would with mm-hmm. that happening and she tells them to sit to rearrange their seats please and they're being really loud about it so she starts to do it again and she goes i have this funny problem with my ears i don't like a lot of noise so do it quietly mm-hmm. she goes everybody sit down and she starts to take roll we meet frank hey hey ho because that's just the way it is uh and we meet sketch uh white amal. rappers in the 90s man yeah amal, it was painful uh amal who i feel like is a spiritual successor of the general's son or the colonel's son from a different world i can't remember his name right now it just walked out of my head i could have told you before you said oh yeah i could have told it. you yeah. yesterday when i was thinking about it can't now terrence terrence yes he's like for me in my brain he's like a spiritual successor to terrence <laughs> but, but amal uh, we meet him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think. That is that all the group? Uh, Sketch. Maria. Yeah, we got Sketch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, it's Rita, Diva mm-hmm. with a tood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rita's like, let me help you out, sister. We all here? Great. Here's the thing. This is a bird course. The books are up on the ceiling. They've been spitballed up there. We're not going to do anything. We're going to do what we mm-hmm. want to do because that's all you can make us. You can't make yeah. us do it. It's anything. a bird course because they can, quote, fly right through yeah. it. And- so... We're going to do what we want to do and kick it and have a good time. Bye. And just proceeds to, it takes a lot of, a lot of charisma and balls to behave that way with, with someone like Dolores. And so the fact that she does it and then Dolores is just kind of left like taken aback. It's an interesting, You see her like, you see like her sitting down and kind of like reevaluating. Like I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do because I don't have books. Figure out how to reapproach the situation. Yeah. And she goes to um to Father Father Maurice and she asks mm-hmm. for like books and he's like there is I think you're confusing it with a this is where Chris like pisses me off you're confusing it with like the University of Notre Dame there is no money a lot of schools have money issues and can still buy textbooks okay so she's not confusing it with Notre Dame she's not asking you to buy a football stadium like <laughs> calm down Chris crispy. Cause, and, and also, he continues to get her name wrong. Mm-hmm. Sister Mary Clements. My name is Mary Clarence. Like, I love... It's it's a form of microaggression. Yeah. yeah. And she doesn't have it. She every time corrects him. And she will, with more and more attitude, continue to correct him mm-hmm. throughout the movie. It's beautiful. But Maurice is like, we don't, we don't have the money. Like, I, like I'm sorry. You'll have to figure out something. Mm-hmm. And then about that time, a baseball comes through the window... And Crisp is annoyed. He goes, teach him to play soccer. And Father Marie, we don't have the balls for that. And you can see that it takes every ounce of professionalism for Dolores to not make a balls joke because she wants to so bad. Which I, I just love that scene. I think it's hilarious. Um, yeah. Then we see her observing the kids kind of rapping uh-huh. at recess. And that moment when 
uh, Rita steps in and raps. That was totally improvised. That was not in the script at she's all. So like good, yeah. Lauren Hill just jumped in and did yeah, it. Yeah, she's so great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you have like her figuring, trying to figure out what she's going to do. So she comes into the classroom and like they, they decide that they don't want a new teacher. They don't want a new way of mm-hmm. doing things. We see like a meeting on the on like the street corner of like several of the kids mm-hmm. uh, until Sketch's yeah. boss and Rita's mama breaks it up. The uh, the boss, by the way, that was the director. Ah, makes sense. Makes sense. I think I did know that. It's just been a while since yeah. I've watched this movie. But um, but yeah. So they they're like, okay, we're gonna make what what is it gonna take to get this nun to run? Mm-hmm. And the next day they put some wood glue mm-hmm. on her chair, and they're all sitting there perfectly behaving. As they've, she, they've even drawn like you know good morning well, sister clarence yeah sister Mary clarence and they're starting to talk and trevor who's like the class goober i thought it was like tyler or something. tyler you're right tyler who's like the class goober like a few times stops her from sitting down but then finally oh yeah just watching everybody turn on tyler is fantastic you do not have to physically assault this man because he doesn't know who the supremes are like, the the moment like i think like my favorite thing about the scene is like when she comes in and like they're all being like really like quiet and well behaved uh-huh. is her saying like i saw something like this in a horror movie it's yep. the delivery of the line i just it makes me laugh Whoopi goldberg is the queen of delivery in this movie for I sure just, but i love her so she much. gets glued to the chair yep. she like tries to roll her way to the top and, and she gets like because because her classroom's like the bottom of like a slanted floor mm-hmm. so she rolls all the way back she's like oh man mm-hmm. like really it's so funny mm-hmm. um but then she overhears that um the school is closing mm-hmm. she overhears a conversation she's not supposed to hear with that, crisp and some of the archdiocese that yeah that it's not even gonna in a semester sorry francis is gonna close not even gonna last the whole school year yeah and and she, yeah, that, she goes, and they said that like the school is in the red with little hope of recovery. Yeah. And, and according to Mr. Chris. Yeah, because they say that, you know, community contributions are like are non-existent and that be, and like also the school has no kind of outstanding academic or, you know, achievement like records. Extracurricular yeah, achievement. Yeah. yeah. So there's just nothing to, you know, to, to, hold to keep. It. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris said he he's, it's more valuable as a parking lot than a school. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't have to go so hard. Like father Maurice is a good boy. Like don't hurt <laughs> father Maurice that deep. But so they, they're, they're mm-hmm. planning to close it. Mr. And Mr. Crisps tells the crisps, Mr. Crisp tells the people from the archdiocese, you know, I've been doing this work for a long time. I'd really like to be considered for early retirement. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well, we'll definitely keep that in mind. And, mm-hmm. and it sounds like it shouldn't be a problem. And then Dolores, she got, Dolores yeah. goes to tell the other sisters. Yeah, and, and Mother Superior says that she's she's kind of been expecting, expecting it, it and yeah. and says that the kids will or that that they the nuns will be reassigned and that the kids will end up being bused to public schools in another district. Um, and so you know Dolores is like, oh, you know, giving the charge of we have to do something, and you know the nuns all agree. Um, and so. Um, then this is we get you know the scene that you said was was out of order, which was the um, I didn't I forgot to write it down because it's yeah there's there's a scene where he talks about like it's this, yeah, yeah it's right here because you know that's where he says you know something about like how you know she gave like the the if it, if, the equivalent of an ecclesiastical pep rally which is kind of what she's doing in the other scene this is more yeah. like a planning session the mm-hmm. other is where she's trying to get the other teachers hyped up to to 
finishes out with respect. Yeah. But it, yeah, like I said, it's, it's in this, like where, you know, he's, he's talking to, um, where he's talking to mother superior about it and says, you know, like Dolores, like giving the, the equivalent of an ecclesiastical pep rally and, um, and talk about, you know, just like how to, you know, deal with, with, yeah. And, um, and, and uh, I love, like, Mother Superior says, when one deals with Sister Mary Clarence, one is smothered with more information than one wishes to process. And um, and Father Maurice says, you know, she's become disruptive. And Mother Superior says that, you know, that disruption is how Sister Mary Clarence communicates, which I love. It's such a great line. Yeah. Um, it is. You know, it and, is. And she. They're communicating. Like yeah. Yep. And she says that it is just easier and far more effective to just, you know, kind of give her free reign um and and then she says you know if the school is on the road to closure at least she'll make it an interesting ride yeah and we see her enter the classroom mm-hmm. and this is no longer a bird course i have no problem failing each and every one of you if you are not willing to participate in class to which rita tries to lead an insurrection and it fails mm-hmm. because a lot of sketch especially is like i, I can't afford to fail this class like yeah I this I can't. Yeah. And, but she like makes everybody take off their hats, take off their sunglasses, put away their makeup, um, put away the magazines they're looking at, mm-hmm. and make Sketch stay awake because <laughs> Sketch works a night job. And she's like, I feel for you, my my dude, but you can't sleep mm-hmm. in this class. And that's when Rita's like, we don't want no new way. Mm-hmm. The old way was fine for us. And but they also kind of all gather. They're not gonna run yeah. Mary Clarence off. She's not. It's not gonna happen. So Rita's the only one. That's standing in front of the class ready to leave. Mm-hmm. Even Frankie is like, no, I'm going to stay here and finish this out. I don't finish a lot of stuff, but I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And so, you know, I love that Dolores like a little lonely out on that limb by yourself, Miss Watson. And Rita leaves the room, kicks the door as she walks out. Mm-hmm. It starts to go back. Yeah. No, she kind of hems can't. and haws in the corridor. <laughs> Pride and walks away. And then Whoopi, not Whoopi, Dolores <laughs> begins teaching them respect if you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention because the real world is out there and they so, don't care how hip you think you are or who you kick it with. It don't matter. If you don't have an education, you don't have anything. And we see her begin to teach the kids at least self-respect. Like at the very least, she's going to mm-hmm. get that through to them. But there, she also does a, um, that's where I think the pep rally comes in. Cause she's talking to the teachers about the other teachers. Like, why can't we like jazz up the jazz curriculum? Because like you know the, the the curriculum is boring, and maybe Mary Lazarus like I can barely stay awake to teach it. Yeah, and Sister Mary Patrick has some ideas for how to juice up sex ed, and I don't want to know. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to know, but I also don't want to know. And Father Ignatius is like, I wish we could teach new math, and and like yeah, and Father Thomas is like, no, we have to face the fact we're closing. Yeah, and Dolores is like, but if we're gonna do it. Let's close with style. Mm-hmm. Let's not just, you know, let's go out with a bang. Let's don't, let's not, mm-hmm. let's close with some style. So then when she's back in the classroom and she's making them chant with her <laughs> yeah. and one of the girls is like, can we jazz this up a little bit? And they turn it into kind of a song. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Sister Mary Claire, it's like, I know what we're going to do. I'm going to turn you into a choir. Mm-hmm. And the class is less than um, appreciative of that, knowledge, mm-hmm. of that decision. Yeah. And... <laughs> And then, you know, she takes, she takes the kids to, uh, to a senior citizen center to see the nuns, the nun choir. We get all of our nuns back. Yep. And, you know, and so we see, you know, this performance and then after, god damn it. 
damn it. They perform. Uh, oh, what's the name of the song? I used to know. Uh, oh, man. That's what the world is today. I don't remember exactly what it's called. But yeah, they perform like a ball of confusion. That's what it's called. But, but yeah, they, they perform at like a, a senior center retirement home. And so afterwards, yeah. Dolores is talking to the kids and they're like, it was cool for what it was, but it wasn't all that. Like, yeah. it's all right, but it's old people. It's old nuns singing to old people who two people in the second row didn't even applaud. It's because they were dead, dead. stupid. <laughs> and she's like, okay, fine. You're going to show respect to these ladies when they get on the bus because takes a lot to perform in front of people like yourself mm-hmm. and they do like I, I appreciate the respect that they they do show mm-hmm. like they clap they they clap and whistle for the ladies when they get on the bus mm-hmm. that the two boys and two girls are sitting in the front get up and move so that the older the older nuns can sit in the front and then we're heading back to the school mm-hmm. and father thomas is there as if he works for the western union instead of the roman catholic church that line Mwah. And Dolores is told that she didn't get permission to take the kids. Yeah. And I just went, wait, she just took the kids out of school during this. Wow. That's hilarious. But mm-hmm. all this, all school trips, field trips are canceled. Period. We yeah. don't have the money for it. They're canceled. We're going to, we're going to finish out like the school, but, mm-hmm. but yeah. It, yeah. It's but we see frankie and sketch have they've been they've they have eavesdropped so obvious too you can see frankie oh yeah yeah it's so funny um they yeah they have eavesdropped on the uh the scolding no it was sketch oh i thought it was a mall it was not a mall it was sketch that matter um but the uh they eavesdrop on the scolding that Dolores is getting and hear Over about here, the, the school's yeah. gonna close. And, and so they like, they spread the word, yeah. And so they're meeting once again on that, that street corner. Rita's you can see Rita watching them kind of in the background. But Frankie's like, you know, maybe this choir thing, like mm-hmm. it could be it could be big and we could maybe like they're, they're already thinking, like, is there some way we can save our school? Because like mm-hmm. Sketch knows if they're bust to another district, he's gonna drop out. Yeah, because he won't be able to to do that, and he wants to graduate because none of his family did, and mm-hmm. and so they all want to be able to stay in school. So how can they keep the school open? Yeah, maybe we should try try this choir thing. And then we see once again, like Rita watches the whole thing go down, but she doesn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. But she watches the whole thing go down from across the street, clearly missing her friends. Yeah. The then we get um, Dolores. She takes the kids to the old music room, which is kind of. It, it's very dilapidated and dusty and you know the piano is not up on all of its legs <laughs> and um you know she she has you know the guy in the class who can play piano he comes forward and yeah. he finds he finds the note the to a. get yeah, yeah he finds the a to give them to give them pitch so that they can sing mary had a little lamb and um frankie doesn't sing yeah frank sketch and 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 frankie they don't sing they rap i was like you really weren't rapping my dudes you were just saying things with a sync like with syncopation i'm like it's not really also sketch his feet was white as snow and they correct him very quickly it's uh, that that always amuses like, me it's fleece, it's fleece man. my man feet fleece oh yeah and, okay and <laughs> so you know they're talking about you know like oh like no rap is the thing that's it and i love this moment uh-huh. of her being just like like i'm I know rap. I am a big fan of Run DNA, and the entire class is like Run DMC, my sister. Yeah, the entire class is just like, 
Boo. Except for the piano. Except for the guy who, like, finding the note of the piano. She's just like, it was a, like, see, this man got it. Like, it's just. Got it. What's wrong with you? That, that is so my mother. Like, that is 100% joke my mother would have made. Oh, yeah. But then she's like, I like Big Daddy K. So, so yeah. I do, like, like I, I like Big Daddy Kane, yeah. And then uh, it goes to, like, another, like, two or three people do it. They they and try then, singing it together, yeah. and it's absolutely abysmal. And so then she she tries Maria. And Maria and, doesn't know Mary had a little, little lamb. Because maybe where Mary came from, <laughs> she had little dog. Yeah, maybe where Maria. Kitty cat. It always yeah. makes me laugh. Or a bald-headed brother named Bart. Bart. And so she's like, you sing whatever's in you to sing. Like, because everybody's starting to make fun of her. And immediately... She starts singing the love... She, yeah, yeah, Maria starts singing the love boat theme. And everybody is just like, boo. Except, once again, Dolores is like, hey, Mary Lazarus, I found your soulmate down here. She's like, do you know the theme of Gilligan's Island? It's my favorite. Yeah. (laughs) It just... That whole scene has always been hilarious to me. And... And we see once again, like Rita is watching from the outside in because she's, mm-hmm. you know, looking from like a, a window outside. And Dolores sees her and kind of gestures for her to come in. And Rita walks away. Walks away. And then we see Rita and one of the other girls in class, um, who's Tanya. Name, Tanya. Uh, Rita's playing the piano while Tanya practices her special for church. His eye is on the sparrow. Mm-hmm. And. Tanya Rita's like you know you got a voice that can can make it out of here and Tanya's like no I do this for church that's mm-hmm. it like I'm not mm-hmm. and she's like besides you're really good too essentially and she ends up getting Rita to sing, to sing with her but Rita to, to yeah. also says like my mom doesn't really you know yeah and but she's Rita to sing with her and Sister Mary Robert overhears it and is like holy crap this kid is talented mm-hmm. and you know they they talk for a second and Rita just wants nothing to do with it mm-hmm. Rita's Rita's out she's like yeah mary um, yeah uh, mary uh, robert you know she she tells rita that she thinks her voice is beautiful and she wonders why rita isn't in the choir because everybody can see like rita wants to be in the choir mm -hmm. and and so mary robert suggests that rita you know talk to dolores because you know sister mary clarence really helped me yeah yeah mary clarence really helped me so i think she could help you and and Rita tells her, you know, that this neighborhood, it's not the land of opportunity. And that even though she really wants to sing, it's just not going to happen. It's like, I'm going to live in reality. Yeah. And so. And she stomps out past, past Dolores, who's like, that girl. She turns to Mary Roberts, like, that girl has an attitude. And she's like, no. And Mary, it's, I think it's, it's, it's more it's, than that. Yeah, like, there's, there's something going on here. Yeah. And she encourages Dolores, Dolores to talk to her. Yeah. So Dolores kind of waits for her after school. And they have these conversations that, once again, has always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's such a like for me even it was an eye-opening like conversation which she gives her the book letters to a young poet by rainer maria rilke yeah and says you know that rilke writes this guy and says if you want to be a poet you know what do you think about for Sunday morning if you wake but up it's and think it, about what writing, yeah what it is the the, yeah. the because this man used to write to rilke and say yeah. you know like i want to be a writer like please write my stuff and rilke would respond um, you know, don't ask me about being a writer. If when you wake up in the morning, you can think of nothing but writing, you are a writer. And so Dolores says, you know, she thinks that the same thing applies to Rita about singing. The first thing you do is wake up in the morning and, and think about singing. Then you're a singer, girl. Yeah. And, and Rita takes and gives, the book. gives her the book. And to me, like th- this, this moment, like it's literally a handoff. It's from this That's point fair. forward. This is, this is Rita's movie. It's a little bit more Rita's story now. There's still yep. some other stuff going on, mm-hmm. but yeah. Rita takes the book home and reads it and comes back to choir. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and yeah, we see the kids singing scales and, yeah, and then it's, a, it's another montage. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and we see like, the, you know, we start off with the kids learning scales and then yeah. Rita joins the class yeah. and then, then we get, we get a montage of, you know, of, of, preparing for of, their first of the scales yeah. and cleaning the music room and, um, working like Dolores specifically works with a mall to like being able to project his voice um, and then we get the go like that leads into the school performing uh, oh, them per- them performing oh happy day which for they the start off a little a little shaky mm-hmm. and she like brings them back with the scales which I, I always love that spot I do too, yeah and then Amal has got the solo and so Amal is singing too quietly and she's like you got to do better because she knows that they know mm-hmm. that this is about saving the school yeah you got to do better yeah and so Amal like steps forward and starts going and then finally like she she gets him into it like they finally get into it and then amal hits that high note and she whips around and looks at him like boy where you been hiding that i've apparently always... that note like it like being able to hit that note is like yeah. super like incredibly rare it's just, the way her reaction to it is yeah the, he did not do that in rehearsal he just yeah. worked that out as characters mm-hmm. and and she like grins at him and st- mm-hmm. my mom is always, my mom always comments on that part too. Mm-hmm. She thinks it's hilarious. But like at the end they all they bow, they get like standing. They get ovation, a standing ovation. Everybody is like and we so see, surprised and touched. I love like the dichotomy of like it cutting from Mother Superior, who is very like very obviously touched and very moved by this performance, and then it cuts to Crisp, who very obviously is not. He's not excited. No. Yeah, no. He doesn't care. No. He goes to school so he can get his retirement and go home. Yeah. But and so, so yeah, um, they, that then, high note. She has them bow, take their bows and, and everything. Um, um, and then we see um, the sisters, the, are the Marys. Yeah, yeah. The, the the other the the other Marys are they're cleaning. They're continuing to to clean around the the school or whatever. And they find they find out that the school used to win loads of trophies uh, from an all state music competition in the late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. And so they, I wonder if they, they still have these competitions. Yeah. So they go ahead and just enter the kids <laughs> into, into this year's competition, which is going to be in Hollywood. And the kids say, you know, the kids, like everybody in the class, like they don't really think that, you know, they're ready for a competition, but Frankie interjects and Frankie says, you know, nobody ever cared what we was good at except for sister Mary Clarence and her homegirls up there. That's always good. I, I love it. Me. And, um, and you know, they, it's like, you know, if, they rally around. Yeah, they, and- they rally and, you know, and Mary Patrick, you know, she thinks that if they can win the competition, then the archdiocese would be pleased and that they would maybe keep the school open. It would give the school another chance yeah. for sure. Um, and, um, but they have to get permission. So yeah. they go to, to father, to father Maurice and bully him into acceptance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And he goes, fine, fine. But you have to raise the money yourself. You have to get permission yep. slip signed. All that kind of stuff. Yep. And we um, uh, and we get another kind of training montage. As they're preparing. This time we're focusing with Rita. Yeah. And and we get like just a lot of like that. And then Rita's at home practicing. Mm-hmm. And then her mama comes home. And hears her practicing. And Rita immediately tries to hide the music. Mm-hmm. And mama her, takes Her away. mom like confiscates the Walkman that she's listening to. Like a tape of you know, the song, the music, that, yeah. yeah, the music and everything. And then, you know, she takes the Walkman and the sheet music and says, you and, gotta quit. You can't tell. Yeah. Tells her that she's, um, well, first she scolds yeah. Rita for like not telling her that she was even in a choir. Yeah. And then, um, 
her like, mother her mother tells her she says you know how many times do we have to go through this singing does not put food on the table singing does not pay the bills singing is no guarantee of a future even if you have talent and rita says you know mama do you know i could sing well so could your daddy and he died still trying to make it well what does that have to do with me like we're a good choir they want to take us to this all-state competition we could win and her mother tells her, if you want to win in life, then you should keep your nose in those books and out of the clouds. I know how you feel. I do. But there are a lot of talented people right down there, right down on the street, singing their coulda, woulda, shouldas. It's like, is that how you want to end up? This is the choir, the competition, they're out. And like, will not hear, will not yeah. speak to her daughter, will not, like, she's, she's like the, the stereotypical, I know what's best parent and I refuse to listen to what my child wants. Mm -hmm. Like, which was pretty which stereotypical I mean, of the nineties. Of in, the nineties. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's a common refrain. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, so she comes to the sister, she goes, I can't explain why, but I got to quit. Mm -hmm. Cause sisters are talking about, are, are working on the fundraising angle at that point. Yeah. And she's like, I can't, I got a lot of stuff going on and I can't explain it, but I got to quit. So Mary Clarence goes to like see Rita mm -hmm. and her mom and Rita's mama is rude. Mm -hmm. Like she very plainly lets without saying a word, lets Mary Clarence know that she does not think anything of them. Yeah. And this choir business or anything through it. She goes, I have a cl customer right now. She does hair. She's like, I have a customer right now. So I can't, a, cl a client, I clearly can't talk to you. So you got to go. Like mm -hmm. she doesn't like, doesn't let her in the house, keeps the door mostly closed. You see Rita like kind of devastated behind her mama and Mary Clarence just very calmly takes it and walks away. She's like, mm -hmm. Oh, this isn't a Rita thing. Okay. Yeah. Like the moment she clocks, this isn't a Rita thing. Cause she's like, I was hoping you could talk to Rita about talking her into rejoining the choir. Oh no, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And the moment that she clocks that she's like, okay. And she completely backs off and walks away. Um, but Rita, Rita's friends don't obviously know the situation, mm -hmm. but, but Rita, you know, we have, we have the performance for, uh, Dolores and the nuns perform to, for the community in order to raise yeah. money. A mashup of, uh, James Brown's get up off that thing. thing. And dancing in the street. Yeah. And it's so, it's funny. It's oh my just God. funny. It's just, and they raise the money they need. Yay. Mm -hmm. Um, and the kids um, have to get their permission slip signed. Yeah. Um, the kids, you know, everybody questions Rita about, you know, like, why she quit the choir. Like, she doesn't want to give them any sketch answers. especially. Like yeah. Sketch Sketch tells her, you know, that, that, they, that they have a shot and that if they're ever going to do anything worthwhile, then, you know, they're all going to have to stick together. And so Rita forges her mother's signature Rita, after a lot of like <laughs> yeah. thinking and because she tells them like get out of her face like she yeah. don't, you don't understand what's going on mm -hmm. and then she goes home and we watch her just think and consider and think and consider before she does it mm -hmm. and then she shows up the next day and, and at first they don't ask for the permission slip because you know mm -hmm. she's like i want to be in the choir so they let her they let her get on the bus as mary patrick goes permission slip, permission slip. she gives them permission slip there and they're all back together and they're on yeah. their way to their performance as they're driving away, we then smash cut over to Father Maurice and Mr. Crisp, who the whole time has thought Mary Clarence looked oddly familiar. He just couldn't place her. And then he throws that rolling stone from the credits of Sister <laughs> yeah. Act One onto the desk of Maurice. He goes, she was a uh, she was the mobster's girlfriend. <gasps> a gun, a gun mall. mall. 
Yeah, a gun mall. No, she wasn't though. But like, if you read the article in the magazine, I guarantee you. She yeah. She she yes. She was technically a gangster's gun, like a gangster's girlfriend. She was not a gun mall. No. (laughs) She yeah. And so, but but that means they have to stop the call. They, the, we can't compete in the competition. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Chris doesn't want Father Maurice to call and cancel. Mm-hmm. That part is a little murky for me. I don't know why. It's just he's that he can't call. Like it's a desperation thing. Like I wonder if there was something like a scene cut out that we're missing. But I'm, maybe because it, it, it would look bad on Chris if he has let this woman be there teaching. Let's just handle it quietly. Could be. That's all I could At think. the same time, I was like, it's the 90s. We didn't need motivation. Yeah, that's fair. I was just, I was trying to, I was trying to logic where there was no logic. But so he, he won't let, he says, no, don't call. Let's just go and, and stop them from competing. Mm-hmm. Because he's adamant they don't get to compete. Mm-hmm. So they jump into the van and Father Thomas is driving. Again, borderline, like. You, like this man could snap at any moment they, and just kill people. Made cracks about Sister Mary Lazarus's driving being bad, mm-hmm. and now Father Thomas is driving. And Father Ignatius is forgoes. Thomas, maybe one of us who you know has a driver's license should be driving. And he just gives a maniacal cackle, yeah, <laughs> and continues like honking his horn. And, and Father Maurice is like that. That little stick over there—that's that's the turn signal. Like I think may, that's... maybe the other drivers wouldn't be so hostile if you used <laughs> it occasionally. And instead, he just honks the horn and yells at them to get out of the way. <laughs> it is just scene. yeah. And, and the way he's driving, like Mister Crisp, is like rolling around in the back, like he's like <laughs> like like they're hitting every bump in the yeah, road. Yeah, because nobody cared about seatbelts in the nineties, kids. Yep. Um, that's so funny. But yeah, oh. then we see, you know, Rita's mom comes home and finds the note that mm-hmm. Rita left for her, tells her, you know, she's going to the competition and everything and, you know, say says, you know, I never meant to hurt you, but I had to follow my heart. And, and you see, like, Mama sits down and, like, really takes that in. Mm-hmm. And then it's nighttime. We're in Hollywood. We're at the competition. And we see the competition beginning. Mm-hmm. We see a few choirs. Yep. And then we see and everybody getting ready and, like, nervous and then we see the Orange County Choir. Mm-hmm. Perform- well, before that, we yeah. have we have we have the fathers arrive, and oh, Father right. Father Thomas tells the Marys that Dolores is a fake. <gasps> oh my goodness! You, you don't say. I mean, she had just so many nun-like qualities, and we'll help you look. We'll help you look, and yeah, and they. They bamf, yeah. They they bamf, <laughs> but uh, um. But the, the so Orange then, County yeah, choir this, performs. Yeah, it, and it perform, is like a militantly trained. Which, because this is a funny story, and you know it, but it's fine. Like I, I took piano lessons as a kid. Mm-hmm. The first, like, and I, I took them because people thought that I should be a pastor's wife. It was a whole thing, but it wasn't my choice mm-hmm. on that. That was just I found that out years later. Um, yeah, but the first like thing she had me learn by memory mm-hmm. was joyful, joyful. Yeah, I learned it by memory. I learned it how to do it in octaves. Mm-hmm. I learned that was the piece I can to this day play that number on a piano. Give me a piano and yep. I can play it. Like it is, it, I can play others if I have the music. Mm-hmm. This one is so ingrained in me. Also, it's the first one that made me just apoplectically angry at my sister because my sister has. A semi-perfect ear. Yes. And so I like, because this is back when we lived in a trailer when I was mm-hmm. first taking, learning to play this. And so we had like a little uh, keyboard someone had bought us and I am struggling through this piece. I'm, I'm not, 
I mean, yep. maybe early teens. I'm struggling through learning this piece. And then my little sister, four or five years younger than me, <laughs> walks over as soon as I finish practicing and just beats out the melody like it's nothing. And I wanted to beat her face in. Yep. I love my sister. If you're listening, Sissy, I love you. <laughs> but at, at that point, I was so upset. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had worked so hard. Mm-hmm. And then she just walks over. And, but yeah, it's just Joyful Joyful has like a lot of history with me. So I thought that was funny. I've always thought it was funny that that's the song they sing. But this choir is singing like they're robots. Like they are perfect everything about it is a perfect performance they're, they're the vocal adrenaline kids no because they're, they're not movement they're they're just I'm... like they're a good standing choir and like they, they they could have been in our chapel where we went to school like no they're they're too perfect that's fair. for our school chapel that's fair my husband was in our school chapel <laughs> but but so and that just disheartened i i just kids. meant in terms of the you know like know. the the rigid like discipline of the you know i want to see smiles that can cure cancer yeah kind of like they they militant they move like they're in the military like the way yeah so it disheartens the kids when these this group is so good and so big and so they're like they're taking off their robes like we're gonna go home Mm -hmm. but mary clarence gives them the rousing speech that they need like if you yeah if you you just give up when anything's hard you know, you're just going to, like, run away from uh-huh. everything for the rest of your life, blah, blah, blah. If you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, yep. you better wake up and pay attention. That applies here, too. Like, if all you're going to do is run away, you're never going to make it in anything. Yep. And so she she rouses the, the troops, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're next up. So they're going to go out. Yep. And well, we first we see, Father, like, Father Maurice. Yeah. I was going to say Father Maurice. Yeah. They, like, they tell, they tell Dolores... And then Father Maurice comes downstairs and they're like, Father Maurice is here. Like, yo, Father Maurice. Oh, we thought you weren't going to make it. And he goes, yes, I'm here to support the choir. Yes. Like, not here for any other reason. It's like, there's something that happened. But then, like, he pauses. And he's like, something has happened that... And he goes, but look at all of you. I barely recognize you. Look how bright and shiny and happy Mm -hmm. you are. And, and like, he's so moved by seeing them Mm -hmm. that he reneges. And he's like, no, they're going to sing. Like, I'm here to support you. Yeah. And they run into Crisp upstairs with other fathers. (laughs) And Maurice is like, well, didn't you tell them? Like, aren't aren't you going to stop them from singing? He goes, no, no, I decided to let them perform. Like, it's it's okay. Mm -hmm. And Crisp is like, did you at least tell, like, the Archdiocese people? I figured I'd tell them when I saw them. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so he's like, well, I'm going to go tell him now. Yeah. So Father Ignatius father and Father Thomas. And Father Wolfgang, and yeah. And Father Wolfgang um, lure him into a closet. And Yeah, Father then, Thomas, or not Thomas, but Father Ignatius, Michael Jeter, yeah. basically shoves Crisp into a closet. And then they have this sort of like dessert bread that they pull out of uh, Father Wolfgang's basket and father thomas like shoves it through the door handles to you know to kind of i always lock thought it was the... meat no it's not meat oh i always thought it was like a frozen thing of meat no it's not meat <laughs> it's yeah. covered in powdered sugar see I, but I... And he specifically says it's dessert yeah that's why i thought that was the joke i thought yeah. it was like some kind of anyway so yeah they shove but... it through the through the thing to, and to then, lock the door and then this is where we get like the greatest line in the entire movie yep. because they stop like they they shut they they lock this door and then they, uh, they, like, they stop, they cross themselves, and Father, Father Thomas is in nomine patre, Father forgiveth, we know exactly what we do. As they're, like, dashing away, yeah. we know exactly what we do. <laughs> and, and then, uh, as they're taking, they're taking yeah. the, their place on stage, um, 
Rita goes out on stage first with someone doing mm-hmm. uh, well, sign language in the background, which is another touch I always love. Yes. And the piano player. And actually, before she can start, her mother <laughs> yeah. walks into the auditorium and yeah. Rita clocks Well, it. right before Rita comes on stage, we see, like, we have a brief little moment between Mother Superior and Father Maurice mm-hmm. because, you know, he kind of alludes to the fact that, you know, he knows about Dolores. And so she's like, ah, yeah, I probably should have told you. He's like, oh, fool me anytime you want to. It's fine. Yeah. He's like, yeah, so no, cute. it's like, we're, we're good. It's, like, it's all good. Anytime you want. We're great. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, once and then Rita sees her mother, her mother. And so she misses her cue twice. Mm-hmm. And then the third time she pulls it together and she performs, mm-hmm. she sings the first verse of joyful, joyful. Um, and like I said, sign language in the background, which I thought was a really like, a mm-hmm. nice touch. And then as she's performing, um, you see one of the stage managers tell the other, like tell the other half essentially of the mm-hmm. kids, uh, your teacher says, take your robes off. And we flash back to Dolores and she's telling the other side, like if we're going to go out there, we're going to be comfortable and we're going to be ourselves. Well, some of us are going to be comfortable. And she like readjusts her habit again, mm-hmm. but, and then the music changes and it's now full of life and vivacity and yeah. movement. And everybody rushes on stage. Frank a doing like a, a hey, somersault. Yeah. yeah. Somersault somersault onto the stage and and yeah and then basically like the beat drops yeah and they're they're performing they showed they can do traditional now they're performing it in a newer way Mm -hmm. and it's full of 90s color and fashion um but like it's just it's so i mean yeah it feels alive yes it does other performance and that's the thing is like it's it's a performance of joyful joyful and it feels literally full of joy Yeah. yeah And like like Frankie and Sketch rap, they do a rap break. Uh, we yeah, get, we get a mall getting some like run stuff to do. Yeah, we yeah we see kind of a mall. Like a lot and, of people and, get like grouped off. Yeah, yeah they they're they're kind of yeah little yeah. Uh, little uh, like solo breaks yeah. in the in the performance. And and like I, I mentioned it before, but the the moment when you know the the girls kind of in the semicircle yeah. like harmonizing bit. I get chills every fucking time. It is mm-hmm. like, oh my god, it's so great. But but yeah, it, um, it, compared to the other, because we saw a part of the other joyful joyful, mm-hmm. and it is robotic. It is precise. It is robotic, precise. No movement, no yeah. color. It's it's just them in a spotlight. Yeah. Versus this, which is all the colors. It's just all. It's just so alive. It's, yeah. It's, the way the way I wrote it down I was like, it's life and color and movement, which is something that none of the other groups had. Mm-hmm. The other groups were good. Don't get me wrong. There was some really good stuff in mm-hmm. a lot of the other groups because you see, we see probably three or four different groups perform. Yeah. Just pieces of their performance, but most of them are a a. a choir standing still yeah sometimes a person will walk forward to sing their solo and then mm-hmm. can be great but there's no like movement and there's there's a general lack of color mm-hmm. in all of the performances like and by color i i don't mean like i don't know what i mean but i mean like <sighs> like this just feels bright when they come out well it's and the other thing is that everybody else is is and even even when you know the outfits are um, you know, even when the outfits have, um, you know, a splash of color to them, because for the most part, they're pretty sedate or they're, you know, they're yeah. official like choir robes. Yeah. Um, the difference is, is that everything else is, it's uniform. Yeah. It's that, you know, like literally like there's, and you know, this is, this was my, it didn't matter like what kind of dress you wore. It's just whatever you wore, it had to be black. Yep. 
and josh's uh orchid band is the same way yep yeah. and so it was like and for for you know band performances it was basically the same way yeah. i had a specific dress for choir that i like i wore like to band and choir performances and um and so yeah it, like that's the thing is like it's just it's uniformity across the board with everybody you know yeah. there is one there's one choir that, you know, everybody is wearing like long sleeve black shirts and black pants. And, you yeah. know, another one is they're wearing sort of like blue kind of like it's blue. With, like, yeah. It's got some kind of design in it. But it tops, to but black That's pants. It, yeah. So, yeah, it's just like everybody is uniform. Yeah. You know, and then the the other ones are wearing robes and stuff. But this is the first like, no, Francis th- is not like. That. Yeah, it's yeah. because like the kids are wearing their street clothes under the robes. And yeah. so. When they and, take the robes off, it is just, it's full of, it's diversity in, it's diversity in, like, clothing styles. It's, you know, there's diversity uh-huh. just all, like, all across the board in this performance. Yeah. And and they perform, and to the shock of no one, they will, they do win. Mm-hmm. They, um, yeah. Uh, the Archdiocese stops and talks to Mother Superior and Father Maurice, mm-hmm. and Mother Superior kind of takes over the conversation and steers it and mm-hmm. she's like well that's the school you're closing <gasps> no we can't close that school they've got to get ready mm-hmm. for next year's performance they yeah. were fantastic and about that time mr crisp comes out and is about to tell them about sister mary fake mm-hmm. and but, but mother she's like and it was all mr crisp's idea to do this to mm-hmm. save the school he and they're like oh well, we thought you know you wanted to retire so we thought this was you know, we didn't realize mm-hmm. we were just being modest. She goes, a prize bull like that out to pasture? No, surely there's a specific trouble spot that needs his help. And he gives her the stink eye. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, we'll have to think you- about that. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's like go- going toe-to-toe with Maggie Smith. It's like you you are bringing a knife to a gunfight, my man. Unless your name is Umbridge, you don't get to even come close to winning. And Umbridge only wins because the because pa- she's got other power. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that scene harry potter related sorry but that is the only time i've ever watched maggie smith take a step back and boy does it make you hate umbridge even more but anyway that's how you make a hate character hateful but but yeah so then we, they meanwhile the kids are, are backstage and they over or mama rita comes in first Rita's yeah. mama. well f- actually no, first, first frank frankie and maria over here mary patrick mentioned yeah, mentioned mary clarence performing nightly in vegas how and does she like, do it like I'm sorry, what? Vegas? Yeah. And, and then, then Rita's, Rita's mom comes yeah. back there and essentially is like, and Rita's like, I'm sorry. I'm immediately apologetic to her mama, but I had to do this. And her mom's like, no, baby, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. You did a, like, you were great and I'm yeah. proud of you. And so, and, and Dolores sees that and kind of smiles. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then we, then we get, you know, Dolores like there with the kids and they call her out for not being Someone, a nun. One and of them the, is like, you're not a nun, are you? Yeah. Like, there's no way that you're a nun. You don't talk like a nun. You don't act like a nun. And then, and then Amal. Rumor has it, yeah. Yeah, then Amal says, rumor has it you're a Vegas showgirl. And she says, let me point but one thing out, dear Amal. I am not now, nor have I ever been a Las Vegas showgirl. I am a headliner. <laughs> and And that... And then you hear Mary Lash go, wait a minute. And yeah. we go into, uh, if you need me, call me. It's, yeah, Ain't No Mountain, yeah. Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Yeah, I had that yeah. written down. But and it's basically like a 90s yeah. uh, music video version of it. And I love everything about yeah, it. it's great. It's Especially a lot Especially the fathers laying on the floor. <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> and then like Michael Jeter like dancing with the camera. Like, yeah. Whatever he's doing with the oh camera. Oh my God. It's it's because they even get a verse like yeah you get Michael Jeter singing my love is alive mm-hmm. like it 
it is a joyful ending to yeah, the movie, too. Yeah, it's so much fun. And, like, this movie is just, I can't describe it as anything but fun. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, okay, do you have to, like, squint if you're trying to logic the the, the plot? Yes. But other than that. <laughs> there are so many movies. That we squint on. Yeah. yeah. I, I just really love this movie. I can't believe it has a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I know. Those people don't like fun. I know. Well, and I, I saw, like, because while I was looking up, like, on IMDb, um, while I was, like, like looking at stuff on IMDb to be able to, like, you know, put in my notes, I just kind of saw, like, brief flashes of some of the, the ratings that people had given, and it was like, it doesn't capture the magic of the first movie, blah, blah, blah. I'm like... I mean, we like, don't get as much Maggie Smith like, sass, and that's a, that's like, that is a tragedy. Second egg, man. But overall, like, it, like the two movies play so well together. They do. Too. They absolutely like, do. It absolutely feels. And and we're supposedly Disney Plus is giving us this track three that that Whoopi Goldberg has in working with Tyler Perry, yeah. working with Tyler Perry, and Kathy and Jimmy is already like, yes, I'm on board. Yes, anything mm-hmm. ever. I'm really excited to be in the Don't Force Spanx. <laughs> it yeah, just kills me. Like I love Kathy and Jimmy. She, she is so funny. Queen, um, I, I, yeah, I love Kathy mm-hmm. and Jimmy. This is probably the first thing I ever saw her on. So, and I know Hocus Pocus is what most people saw her on first, but for me, it was probably this. And like she's she, just... Kathy and Jimmy, like she is just one of those actresses that like has just always like been like in my peripheral. Like I, I know I'm it's just not your favorite movie either, but when she shows up in The Descendants as the Wicked Queen. <laughs> God. It's one of my like. I was like, Kathy to Jimmy is the Wicked Queen. I want this movie. <laughs> like, forget the Descendants. Yeah, give me the movie of Kathy yeah. to Jimmy and and uh, and uh, Maleficent. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, I love Kathy and Jimmy. And mm-hmm. She's so funny, and she's like, yes, yes, every day. She goes, I know Whoopi is working on it, and mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> I am, I am in. And I'm like, yes, just give it to us. Yeah, give it to us. We don't care what it's about. If it's got singing and happy nuns, we're there. Mm-hmm. Like that's all we need. I uh, yeah. I just again, yeah. I don't need I don't need a plot. So I'm, what do you rate this movie? Kia? I'm giving it a four and a half. Yep, four and a half. All across the board. I it love is it such so a much. Fun movie. Yeah. Like just like I said, I had the soundtrack to this mm-hmm. and I listened to that Joyful Joyful and the Oh Happy Day mm-hmm. like all the time. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I even memorized the Ball of Confusion song. Like, that's, like, it's not a great song. And I no, still memorized it. it's not great. It. But, yeah, it's it's such a fun, like, mm-hmm. joyful, good time. It is. So. Do you have anything else to add, darling? Nope, that's it for me. All right, then that will get it for this episode of Catch Buddies. As always, we thank you so very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Couch Buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.